everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Coming at you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the apparently too early for some people episode is it? of the Blue Heaven podcast. What is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on the Twitter and Instagram. That guy. Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. He's dressed the part. He's ready to talk Dodgers because he's wearing the right shirt and hat. Doug, tell people about how you're doing right now. It's the first time we haven't matched in a few weeks now. I know. What's going on? Yeah. I'll get the memo for next week. I'm doing you great. In, you came in matching Ricardo. But I was. We Trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. I wear like three different shirts while I'm at the studio, right? Change depending on the show. But yeah, Bopper's back. Cody Bellinger makes his way back to Dodgers Stadium in a road uniform. I think fans are going to be in their fields tonight. I mean, Cody Bellinger Big told league. the media before the game he had a lot of great memories with the breaking. Dodgers. So breaking news. <laughs> I think man. that goes without saying. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, also this Dodger team, things are looking up. Max Muncie, as you correctly predicted, <laughs> Max Muncie. I mean, this is your this is your muse, Max Muncie. I mean, you fixed Max Muncie. Going. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna put that to the test. We're gonna put the Blue Heaven magic to the test and try to fix another guy here on Friday. But yeah, uh, our Max Muncie victory lap because you too. Mentioned the step back, and that happened. So we'll get into that a little bit. Yes, we got to preview the Cubs series. We got to talk a little bit about Cody Bellinger versus James Outman. Hey, who won? Who won the offseason? The Dodgers or the Cubs? Right now, it's looking like the Dodgers. And I know you want to talk a good amount about that fifth starter, about the starting rotation, things about that, and can that spot get better for the Dodgers? A whole lot more before we get into the show. We got to remind you this is a podcast. If you want to listen to us on on ear holes, we um we live on all the spots the podcasts are at. So go check that out. It's free. There's uh, there's images of it, of it now, so that's cool. Um, and let us know where you guys are representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Drop into the comments. Drop them area codes. We want to know where you're at for reasons unknown. Find some comments for me, DMac. Yeah, on? we got a lot of people are getting used to this Fridays, like the Friday fun show, late week show. We got DKM. It says to wait a little mad early. We got DKM three hours before game time. The way I was thinking, though, is it gives ch- it gives fans a chance to listen to it more before the game. So that's definitely a positive. We got, it gives us a chance to go home. Yeah, that's Earlier. probably the most important thing. We got High Dodgers Nation from Jacob Hurd over on Facebook. 5150 Rams. Let's hope Brewers steal another in San Diego and let's beat the Cubs. Yeah, you're already scoreboard watching 5150 Rams. There you go. Hardcore. A lot of people talking about happy Friday 
to, to us. So, yeah, Dodger fans ready to talk some baseball. Deborah Young says it's almost time for Dodger baseball. So fans are ready. The Cubs are in town. It's always a big deal when the Cubbies are in town. Get a lots of Cubs fans tonight. Of course, the storyline, Cody Bellinger, and also this team getting back on track, taking two of three from the Giants, and hopefully they can win another series. Yeah, uh, I like winning series. Dodgers didn't look after game two in that uh, – in that uh, giant series, it didn't look like uh, things were going to go too hot in that series. But thankfully, thanks to the magical powers of a 15-pitch at bat by Freddie Freeman, the entire season is now saved. Or at least that's what uh, Clayton Kershaw believes. Uh, Sarah Morris is in the stream. I see some I see some excitement back here. We'll get DJ producer Cody on the board right now in a second. But Sarah Morris is in the stream. Hi from 307. I've been doing, uh, doing baseball all day. Go Dodgers. Deborah Young. It's almost time for Dodger baseball. Michael Carrillo notes James Altman not in the lineup. <laughs> Left-handed hurler on the bump. So I think we got to talk a little bit about that whole platoon thing because Dave said he wasn't going to platoon uh, uh, Jimmy, as I like to call him. So that's a little... A little whack. Alexander Rhodes says, never too early for DMAC. Hey, if, if Doug could talk Lakers or Dodgers 24-7, he would do it 25-8. <laughs> or 24-8. Or the 24-8 podcast. Be sure to subscribe. <laughs> all things Laker basketball, all playoffs long. But, yeah, no, I think that's very interesting because <laughs> earlier in the week, Dave, he came out and said, you don't want to pigeonhole James yep. Outman. You want to go against that some of that platooning. And also, no Will Smith in the lineup as well. So, yeah, I think this team, you definitely want to – just ride the momentum of James Outman. I thought it was going to be cool to see Outman and Cody Bellinger in the same series, really kind of do a little bit of a side-by-side -side comparison. Of course, such a small sample size, but I think seeing them on the field at the same time, I think if Bellinger has a breakout game, hits a couple home runs, or Outman goes crazy, you know that fans are going to be talking about that. It's kind of like the meme with the upgrade key. Got Outman up, or you have Bellinger upgrade, and then Belly, and then Outman. So, yeah, I think it would be interesting, this whole series, just to see how those guys perform. And notably... We don't know if Cody's going to be playing every game because he's about to become Papa for the second time. Chase is, is minutes away from birthing belly number two, baby belly number two. What you got there? I, I understand we Trying got some more excitement in the stream. We got two super chats. Super chat. We got the first one from 5150 Rams fan. 199, oh. he says he's from Laramie, Wyoming. Wyoming. I did not know Laramie, that. Laramie, Wyoming. Longtime friend of the show. And yeah, then. Uh, and post game. And he, he thinks it was a conspiracy. Remember, he thought <laughs> we were ESPN employees, but no. No, he just dresses the part. Anyways. Uh, oh, another one. Oh, oh another one. Anyways, Lori, oh, 999, she said, like you guys were just talking about, what's with sitting Will Smith again? What's with having Barnsey and C23 in there together? What's with sitting down, Outman? What are we doing? 999, appreciate you, Lori. Appreciate you, 5150. Uh, I do want to talk about the Will Smith going off script a little bit here. This feels like a problem to sit him so many times. Uh, obviously, J.D. Martinez, J-Mart, as I call him, Doing pretty dang good, as the kids say. Uh, but he is the full-time DH, and you don't have a spot to kind of give Will a day off but keep him in the lineup. Do you think this is going to be a, a problem going deep into the season? 
I mean, if you look at how it shapes out, I mean, you definitely want to give Will Smith as many opportunities as you can. I mean, this is a guy that set a career high in plate appearances. Also, his offensive numbers as the DH versus at catcher, they were significantly better in that sample size where he DH for 25 games mm -hmm. last season. So I think giving him a game where he can be that designated hitter is definitely something that bodes well as he continues to emerge as one of the better hitters in the game. But J JD, Just Dingers, he has been a guy that's really helped this lineup. I mean, I took a lot of pushback from Dodger fans when I immediately said that, hey, J he's going to be better than Justin Turner. He is going to be an upgrade. And yes, his bat to ball isn't as good. You're not going to see as many singles, but the slug is there. He's one of the league leaders in extra base hits, and that is what he provides. But as far as him clogging up that DH spot and Will Smith not getting those reps, I mean, look, you look at a guy like Real Muto. I mean, he played like 139 games last year at that catcher position. It's not like catchers are going to play all 162 games. Yeah. With this team, though, I think... It does feel like they're just kind of running back the same formula as last year with a lot of these scheduled rest days. And it feels like these rest days, they're not dependent on, they're not tied to the recent results. It feels like they're determined yeah. in the wintertime during spring training. I mean, I think you look at Max Muncy, we'll talk about yes. in a little bit too. I mean, I think you kind of have to go off script a little bit and say, look, if a guy is hot, if he's feeling it right now, you want to give him those opportunities. But I definitely think that if it goes later in the season and J.D. Martinez goes through a slump, and Will Smith is missing time, then I think it gets a little complicated and fans start to have a legitimate gripe about it. Roy Estrada here on YouTube says, what is going on with Roberts? Too early to give players rest. Play our best players. And I think a lot of us Dodger folk were pretty upset to see uh, a Max Muncy coming off of a two-homer, seven-RBI night sit on the bench because that was what the script said was going to happen the next day. And because he didn't hit Dave's little, oh, three home runs gets you back in the lineup. Like, let him ride uh, the hot streak a little bit. I could also see, like, hey, you did well, sit on it. Like, enjoy it for a day and then get back at it. But I would much uh, more have preferred to see Muncie back in there he's faced woody and whenever alex wood is not breaking his hand in in summer camp at dodger stadium uh he's done decently enough against him i don't know were you more uh was i the only one that frustrated about it absolutely i no, i was with you, you know, i was pounding my fist on the table i was furious because you're talking about max muncie the proud owner of the san francisco giants he's had so much success and you have that momentum also too just beyond that i mean look i mean if you look at his splits, an 849 OPS versus lefties in his career, an 823 OPS versus righties. Back in 2021, you mentioned Alex Wood. He took Alex Wood deep. And look, you play him against the San Francisco Giants team. Anytime he sees orange and black, he sees red. And you saw that throughout this series. And I think, look, he had four home runs in this series. It could have been five. could have been six the way he was playing. And I think, like I said, the frustrating thing for me is it does feel like it's the same strategy, the same formula, whereas this offense, they have been streaky at times. I mean, when they've scored zero or one run, they've followed it every time with an outpouring offensive explosion where they've scored 10 or more runs. I think Max Muncy, when he's right, he's consistent and he's yes. getting on base. So I was absolutely furious with it. I mean, it's like playing NBA Jam and it's like, he's on fire and you just turn off the game. Right. I mean, you want to keep yourself in there and continue to build on that success, especially when it's a player like Max Muncie that hasn't 100 percent gotten his confidence back. Yeah. I mean, 70, 80 percent. But you continue to play him in my position. You look at Chris Taylor, too. He struggled mightily. We'll, we'll talk get more that about that. We got we got breaking news here. Oh, yeah. Noah dropping in, into the chat here saying Will Smith is sick. That is why he's out of the lineup. He's, ah. got, the, he's got he's down with the sickness. Ooh, ah, 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 ah. Feel better. So 
Feel better, buddy. <laughs> I'm calling Will Smith. Get it? Uh, yeah. Never please seen don't him cough onto the mic, please. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's other people that use that. Hey, Lysol. Lysol check real quick. Um, April Davis says Muncie should not have been benched. Um, somebody mentioned, like, it's too early to be benching. Uh, benching players, I, I, I saw that one in there as well, but... You know, ultimately, again, the Dodgers took the series. They did what they're supposed to do. I still have my um, my prediction intact in of getting uh, a five and one week. Once again, White Pill over there can't get a six and zero oh week. Six and zero oh is tough. It's got to be the Tampa Bay Rays, pretty much. Five, five, five. Is that what? Yeah, we did. We both did five and one, right? Hell yeah! Let's Four go. Two that's, for Jackie. What's, that's what's up. Um, I don't know. Oh, the other thing, the big thing that fixed uh, Max. We got to talk about the step back because you were the guy who pointed out while while we do our victory lap here, we fixed him. I said, I'm all, hey, 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 my player of the week thing is looking real live right now. Just to point that out there. You have that many ribbies. Be tough to beat. That many bombas. Yeah. You got a real shot at it. But you're the one who mentioned the step back, even though I was right here across from you. You were talking at me. I didn't hear it. I don't remember a damn thing. I barely pay attention to you because I just I just soak you in instead. I don't know, but <laughs> what? I don't know, dude. Yeah, I'm look, not, I, I mean, look. The reason why hear. I just, I mean, look. I mean, if you watch his at bats, you saw him struggling with the same. Same issues, issues that he was, was struggling having, yeah. with. I mean, he was not being able to engage the bottom half. And what what he does when he uses that step back is, like he told us, it helps him work downhill. It helps him get his elbow in the right place where it flattens that bat path. It allows him to take pitches low in the zone. allows yep. him to get to high velocity. allows him to hit breaking balls. And you saw most of those home runs were against those breaking balls. He was punishing mistakes. I think the frustrating thing with Max Muncy was he wasn't punishing mistakes. You were seeing a lack of hard contact. And look, I thought, hey, when I asked him, I remember on the show, I said, are you going to go to that move? next year and he looked at us and he said hey I'm going to phase that out. I'm going to try to take this entire offseason where I'm healthy and try to get back to where I was because from a timing standpoint, he thought maybe it could throw him off eventually. But then I asked him, I said, hey, it's good to always have that in your bag if you need to go to it. And he said, yeah, it does give me peace of mind knowing I can go to that. And look, Max Muncie, stay with the step back. Pretend you're playing the Giants every single game. I mean, he took a giant step backward and took five giant step forward and he absolutely <laughs> dominated. So yeah, I think if this is the part of his game moving forward i think he's going to be just fine so yeah credit to brand brown credit to the dodgers hitting coaches in colorado who had that idea to go to it because oh. look the reality is like one percent of big leaguers would attempt to do that in a game yeah. and he yeah. said it was the last ditch effort he said nothing was working so credit to max muncie for making a bold move and i think this changes the entire complexion of the offense i think he can absolutely pencil him in as the cleanup for the entire season if he's going to produce like this so yeah definitely one of the big developments in san francisco is max muncie totally changing this lineup because i think the bottom third of this lineup they leave a lot to be desired but if you look mm -hmm. at that top five from mookie down to jd that's a stack lineup yeah it really is and that's what we went into the season feeling pretty confident lineup wise it's like if these guys and we knew there was a lot of ifs but particularly that that one through five is like if these guys do what is kind of expected of them it could be a, a pretty damn dangerous lineup and you know um mookie was struggling to start but freddie's freddie we know freddie's always gonna be freddie will got off to an incredibly hot start but Muncie wasn't there, and JD now warming up. If you get Muncie and JD warming up at the same time, getting incredibly hot. Hey, hey, shout out JD Martinez, by the way. A few triples, couple doubles in there, looking, uh, looking like he's real close to breaking out with the long ball. Um, I'm gonna drop a, a a bold prediction tonight. I think he's in the go yard against the Cubbies. 
JD going deep against the Kobe's. I love that prediction because, hey, we need some more slug in this lineup. And I think, too, that's when you see him really putting it all together because you know kind of the first step with JD Martinez, who is a self-proclaimed slow starter, mm -hmm. is that when he starts using all fields, when he starts pushing the ball to left center, to right center, that's when you start to see him really take the next level. And then you add the power into that, hitting more barrels, then you're seeing him go up because really that's kind of been the issue with him. I think he hit 19 home runs last season, had those 43 doubles. But if you get doubles and home runs, I think he's really going to go off this season. I think he's in a great place. I mean, he talked to us uh, during spring training about yeah. that pump and dump thing that he was <laughs> doing with his swing. You're seeing that's completely been phased out in the bat path, much more level. It's yeah. looking like the J.D. Martinez of old when he was one of the best hitters in the game for eight plus years. Yeah, I mean, some some folks might forget that he was uh, an absolute you know terror in any lineup and now if he's able to keep it going in la that would be uh, pretty phenomenal also i wanted to shout out this comment uh our boy keen dropped a good comment in here earlier he says dodgers front office will follow the gps straight into the ocean <laughs> it will have to fail tremendously before they change it so that is a great comment like, you know what? i'm gonna call that our hornito shot taker of the day for keen you get not you don't get to take the bottle home Anthony but keen this is your Hornito shot taker of the day. Guys, drink Hornitos, drink responsibly. It's like that scene from The Office where... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Where Michael Scott and Dwight, they go right into the lake, you know? It's like, psh. But it says, to, it says make it right right yeah. here. Uh, let's find a couple more comments, and then let's uh, let's move on to a couple other things. We want to go a little quicker on today's Friday fun show. show. Don Friday Kim. fun show. Don Kim in the mix. Don. Up. What if the players Don. knowing about their Don days in off? While. So this is a counterpoint. <laughs> this is a counterpoint to what we've been discussing. He says, what if the players knowing about their days off in advance helps focus making the most on the limited opportunities. I think there is something to that as far as you want to take advantage of your time in the lineup, and there's so much competition up and down this lineup, but the reality is when you have some cohesion, when you have some stability, and you already have a lot of talented veterans, I don't think it's going to impact that much. I think these these veterans, you want to keep them healthy, but mm -hmm. also all these guys want to play. I mean, even Jason Hayward hasn't gotten as many opportunities as I think he probably should have early on this season. I, mean, I think yeah. this lineup, you definitely want to give guys opportunities, but look, it's a pure merit meritocracy it, that's how it should be and i think too I, it impacts their numbers it impacts the overall success of the team and i think people like seeing guys who are on hot streaks you want to watch them the very next day you don't want to see them riding el bencho yeah. also mentioning the idea of a meritocracy we're doing that i don't know that chris taylor has a spot in this lineup based on the merit of his game thus far i don't want i don't know if we want to dive yeah, dive in too much into taylor you know we'll we'll, we'll give it a beat is I don't want to go in just guns just a blazing, guns a blazing on CT. Uh, Noah's well, best friend. We got some comments here. We got uh, <laughs> got some comments. Go for it. We got um, we got DK. We got uh, Rays would make a run at Mariners record fifty one fifty Rams is the question. 
I mean, look, that's such a hot start, but still, I mean, 116 games. That's a lot of games. A pretty tough division. We got this. Another one too. It's a Dodgers show, please. Dodgers only, please. <laughs> Stick with the Dodgers. Actually, I think it should be all baseball. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, LBC. This is the one we've been talking about before the show. Clint and I. LBC Gill 05. Hopefully Vargas could get it going. Before we talk about Chris Taylor, we're gonna talk to Miguel Vargas. <laughs> Because I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's still it's tough. It's early, uh, but it is worth kind of having a conversation. He's getting on base. Dude's getting on base and he's doing his part of keeping the line moving. But the swing when he is swinging, it's looking a little long right now. Am I uh, am I the only one seeing it that way? Yeah, I think it's looking a little long. I think you're not seeing as many barrels as much hard contact. I mean, it had some RBIs. During the last weekend against the Diamondbacks, you saw him put some hits together. And, yeah, I mean, you love the fact that the walks are there. And I think for a young hitter to have that play discipline and that pitch recognition, that's going to bode well because yeah. that kind of stuff, it just plays up. You don't really lose that if you have that. So, to me, if it was the other way around and he was striking out a lot, but he was getting hits, but the sure. walks weren't there, I would say, yeah, maybe there is a cause for concern. But, yeah, I definitely want to see him pick it up. I mean, the fact that we're a few weeks through the season and Miguel Vargas still leads all of Major League Baseball with 13 walks has a 475 yeah. on base percentage you feel good about that but i do think he needs to get hot i mean five for 25 a double a triple three rbi but he was the guy before james altman really emerged that was supposed to be the rookie offensively that yeah. was going to take the reins and be that producer so talked about him all offseason yeah i mean he's supposed much. to be the guy so miggy i'm still holding out hope that he's going to get things together and i think too the fact that that yeah there's pressure on him but the fact that altman's gone up to a, uh, such a hot start it hasn't had the same spotlight yeah. on him to need to produce so i think he's gonna let it come to him and i think you're gonna see him put it together also too bang up with those injuries i think is he dealing with something i think there could be something there as well just a little knickknack thing it could be hey you're gonna be at the stadium tomorrow try to get a try to get a little question in there with your buddy getting miggy with it getting miggy with it i mean we know how baseball works we know how these lineups work there's a billion games and not everybody's gonna be all hot at the same time so that's gonna be a factor um Miggy Varg, as we like to call him. We don't like to call him that. Vargas came out decently. He's just, you know, the, the bat kind of fell a little behind. But as long as you're still getting on base, it's fine. You can you can kind of, um, you know, weather the storm, I guess we'll say on that. Speaking of weathering the storm, here's a, a commercial. I do think. you love listening to podcasts but don't know how to do it in your car? It's easy. First, make sure your phone's connected to your car's Bluetooth or has an aux cord to plug in. Next, open your podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search for the podcast you want to listen to. Once you've found the podcast, hit play and adjust the volume on your car's audio system. And that's it. You're now listening to your favorite podcast in your car. No more boring commutes. Listen to your favorite podcasts in your car. Enjoy the journey. The acting is so good. Shout out to at Noah Cameras on the acting job, by the way. Make sure you guys are giving him a follow on Twitter. We're trying to get him to 750 million subscribers. Um, or More followers. followers than Jesus. Yay. Bring it back. Eric. Shout out, Eric. Shout out, Eric. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's shift gears a little bit. Shout it's out, still going to be kind of the same. Hey, this, is, this is your guys' show. We're just hosting it. But <laughs> Cubs preview the the chicago cubs come to los angeles and guess what they have a two dodgers world series champions in tow with cody bellinger and edwin rios look love rios we're not going to talk about edwin rios even slightly there's no reason to talk about edwin rios just going to throw that out there but it is a homecoming for cody bellinger 
Some calling him the the prodigal son. I don't know about all that, bro. He had played here six years. Three of them were very good. Two, three of them were, or two of them were extremely bad. One was mid. I'm gonna say two were really good. Two were mid. Two were terrible. But he's back. He's home. He's about to be a papa for the second time. He had a lot of good memories here. Breaking quote there. Um, what are your general thoughts on, on Cody Bellinger coming back, and what do you think the reception is going to be like at Dodger Stadium tonight? Do you think – I mean, we know it's going to be mostly positive. Do you think there are any boo birds mixed in? Oh, no, not in the least. I mean, last year, that's one of the first things that stood out to me when I was going to games consistently is just listening to those cheers before the game. I mean, he was basically getting louder cheers than Mookie Betts. He was getting Fair. louder cheers than Freddie Freeman. This fan base, they absolutely loved and embraced Cody Bellinger. And I think, too, lots of great memories with Cody Bellinger. To me, when I'm making my list of the once a Dodger, always a Dodgers, I mean, he's right at the top of that list. Like him and Justin Turner, they don't win the 2020 World Series without him. His home run. Yep. In the NLCS Game 7 2020, to me, other than Kirk Gibson's bomb in 1988, that's in the conversation for second most important Dodgers home run. You have Blue Monday in 1981, some other home runs sprinkled in there, but that was such a big home run, an iconic moment, the strut, the kind of the bad drop. And then unfortunately, after he hit the home run, Kike Hernandez blew out his shoulder and pretty much ruined the rest of his career. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely mixed emotions because ideally you were going to see him come back. And yeah, for me last year, I was like, okay, you heard Matt Kemp. You've heard guys like Adrian Gonzalez talk about it takes more than one year to get that power back in that yeah. shoulder. So 2021, I was fine. 2022, I think it was a combination of the lack of production and the lack of adjustments. The lack, the of, lack of, we talk about Max Muncy. Yeah. Max Muncy, if something's not working, he is going to stay up all night and just he's a cage rat. I mean, he Max Muncy talked about how he discovered the feel for his swing in a cage alone. I mean, Max yeah. Muncy is a guy that will tinker. When it comes to Cody Bellinger, it's the same plan. I mean, breaking balls low and away, fastballs up and in. He can't catch up with high velocity. And look, the reality is, you know, I bring my facts to the fight. The numbers just weren't there, and they didn't justify a contract of $18 million. Last two seasons, Cody Bellinger slash 193, 256, 355 with a 69 WRC plus. So his bat was 31% below league yes. average, and that is not going to warrant an $18 million contract. Not so even slightly. And love I, your belly, but. And I, I, I said it, what, in May last year? If this guy doesn't turn around, he's going to be non tendered. Apparently. Scott Boris was shocked by the non-tender, but but not any of us by the time I put it in everybody's brain holes for, for six months or so. Um, you had a good run, but at some point you just end things. Uh, it wasn't working out for both sides. And I feel like for us, you know, for Dodgers fans, uh, it's, it's more palatable by the fact that James Altman is doing so well to start this season. Yeah, Cody's kind of, he got off to a terrible start. He's on, as Dave would say, he's on the come right now a little bit you know he's hitting some bombas he's hitting some rbi why the rim shut no <laughs> uh, but he's still a well below average player maybe just a below average i won't i'll be nice i won't give him well below but all that said should be an ovation there should be uh, a, a pitch clock violation by the amount of time the dude is in there getting his standing o getting his helmet you know i hope it, the good thing about Will being out, and I think Will would do the same, but I think Austin is going to go out there and go talk to Noah Syndergaard, give Cody his time. I really hope, and, and, you know, I mean, it sucks that we're doing this now just a few hours before the show. Hopefully we get the thing up right, you know, pretty quick on audio. If people want to listen to us for some reason before the game, 
Uh, I, I saw a comment earlier because we asked the question on our Dodgers Nation Twitter, at Dodgers Nation. Check it out. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Um, somebody had mentioned, like, they should play Hotel California when he comes up to, to at bat. That would be pretty cool. I don't think they will. And, I, you know, it's 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 a mix. But he, he deserves a hero's welcome because this is a guy who, rookie of the year, two-time All-Star, gold glove, silver slugger, National League MVP, and a World Series champion. This guy meant a lot to this organization, and uh, he deserves to get that love and get it for as long as the Dodger fans want to give it to him. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you, and I like that idea about the Hotel California. I think you have to give Belly his flowers. I mean, he was a part of that core. They won so many games, went to multiple World Series, won a World Series, and also, too, he was an MVP. I mean, he is a he part was. of Dodger lore forever, and that's not going to change. I mean, you look back at that era, he's one of the few guys you're going to really mention and talk about because it's not just the fact that he was a good player. It was the moments that he had. Even dating back to 2017 when he had 39 home runs and one Rookie of the Year, he had that big hit there in the World Series. Of course, he had one of the worst. <laughs> World Series from a strikeout perspective, but still fans just love Belly. I mean, the reaction, my favorite thing, remember the reaction after he robbed Fernando Tatis Jr., Mr. Ringworm Fernando Tatis in the NLDS when he robbed him of his lunch money and he just right. sitting there almost like, man, you know, he's like, what I just do? He like couldn't even believe it. So I think it's the moments. I think he's a care. He's one of those guys who acts like he's not shining. He acts like he's not putting on, but he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he kind of had the Dodgers fans wrapped around his fingers for so many years but like i said he absolutely needed a change of scenery he needed a fresh start i was not shocked when they non-tendered him after the year he had yeah. but still if you look at just the juxtaposition of the last two years versus the first three years four years i mean the debate in dodger land for so many years was who's going to get the 300 mil cody bellinger or Corey seager seager got the 325 million dollar bag with the rangers cody bellinger is still trying to figure things out i think you bring up a great point too is it softens the blow with james outman and yeah. james outman who's been fantastic so far even defensively james outman has looked apart and i think too it's almost like toy story where you got cody <laughs> bellinger's woody and james outman is buzz Lightyear. he's the shiny new toy that all the dodgers fans love and i get a lot of fans on the dodgers nation post game show that says outman is our new belly and i think one of the things about bellinger is he always hung he always hung his hat on defense you know I always say yeah. we cover more ground than a Roomba in a mansion right and has a great jump but defensively this year he's at a minus one defensive run saved a 15.4 uzr score compare that to james outman who has a two defensive run saved and a 38.1 uzr and he's in the 92nd percentile and outs above average. Cody's in the 91st percentile and or 94th percentile and outs above average. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely looks the part and he's filling it nicely so far. But I think the comparisons, yeah. they're going to be there. Comparisons are definitely going to be there. And, and uh, when production is there, that's going to be the most important. And, yeah, defense is nice. Like you were saying, a lot of fans, I think, have have we, we, we got those those comments a lot. It's like, but the Dodgers are going to really miss. Cody's defense it's like yeah they were but then they also had this this kid Outman who's pretty good uh you know he had like 96 uh, tackles in high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was just trying to burn him a little yeah, bit no here. yeah <laughs> no I mean but uh when you're when you're still you know now we're 13 games in this is game number 14 of the season of course Outman I think is not in the lineup right tonight he's not in the lineup but he's still OPSing over a thousand um you know that uh, He's got the bombs. He's a league leader in triples. 
and Cody's still trying to figure it out. So we won the offseason is what I'm going to say there. But I wanted to get into a few of the comments here. Anthony Keene a little bit earlier said, bro, that robbery of Tatis might be one of the single dopest playoff defensive plays ever. I mean, there were a few in that postseason with that, with the the back-to-back uh, robberies by by Mookie or the, the pair of robberies by by Mookie. Uh, Luis says Belly is, uh, is on more than CBD. Shout out to the new CBD sponsor there with the uh, Chicago Cubs. Got to have that, apparently. Um, Keen says, I expect an epic tribute video. That's going to be another thing, too. There's going to be a pregame. There definitely should be a pregame. I hope the Dodgers drop that on the YouTube because that would be pretty cool. Michael White says, shout out to DMAC. That's an important thing to throw in there. What up, Michael White? Thanks for rocking with us. <laughs> Thanks for rocking with us. Don't worry. He says the same thing to his mom, to his wife. It's like I need a string. Like, where? Thanks for rocking with us. Oh, big blue, bleed blue. Oh, we need that. We need a Doug plush. There's a snake in my boots. Think blue, bead blue. I'm out. Dot com. Oh, this would be. Does got, anybody know who people who make toys? We got Anthony Keen saying D back the goat. The subject. I really want this toy now. But he's just trying to butter me up because imagine he wants being me to send him a hat. Doug is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, had, I had to. Right yeah. Alexander Rose says I'm all in on Outman. Um, let's see. What we got. Let's see. What we got. Those are words. Those are words. Those are other things. Other people wondering where the rest of the the folks in our stream are. Some of the regulars. Hey, we went we went uh, live at four instead of five. So can't uh, can't expect people to always know what's going on. Just saying. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, look, the good thing about this show is more above, shows per week. Above DMAC plushie, take my money. <laughs> hey, oh, we'll get that man. into production. Hey, we wanna, I want to clip one, too. Bye. I like that when you say I that. Have I done that? Did I still do that? That was one of my favorites. Uh, you still do it. And uh, you're looking live. Oh, no. Coming at you Coming at you live. Oh, give me that one. Yeah. Immutable is all that's, that's, that's a solid one. Back in the golden days when I was able to talk crap about uh, Kenley Jansen, too. We could have had one of those that mixed in there. That would have worked. Throwback FRG plushie. Let's go. Um, all right, let's Matt Epps says um, Outman's defense is not as good as Belly's. I'm not saying it's better. I think that Cody Bellinger has a significantly better jump and a read on the ball. And like Outman told us, he said that, hey, Belly flies. And he definitely does in his instincts. But the fact that it's not something that's a glaring need. It's not something where yeah. you're seeing a, a a big difference in a Miguel Rojas filling in for Trey Turner as far as, as a complete player, offensively and defensively. I mean, he's filling in nicely, and anything he lacks defensively, he's more than making up for with the stick. Yeah, the, the thing about uh, Belly, and if we're going to relate it to the defense and, and Outman and all that, Cody was not a, a great of, uh, a defender in the outfield when he first came up, particularly when he was playing left field. If people remember back in the, that era, they put him at first base for a while. He was great at first base, eventually moved him to right field. Hey, that's where he won his MVP as a right fielder. And then he was the, the thing that always made Belly so great. It's like, yeah, he had the speed. He had the elite speed, but he also had the first step, like you and I were talking about earlier before the show. The first step was what was the game changer. And that's something that can come with time with jimmy outman it's just he's still young he's still uh, whatever he's 25 but he's still very young in this game and and really in this league yeah no great point just kind of last point on that is you saw last week's game when mccarthy hit that single in the outfield and kind of you saw outman kind of cruise to it and he took second base you're not going to see that again those instincts are going to build again for sure i got a 
He probably, you know, got a little. The veterans and Doc probably said something to him after the game. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get into the uh, the series we have ahead tonight. It is not a very exciting matchup. Whatever a Justin C- uh, Steele is um, <laughs> <Got> <laughs> vers- versus Noah Syndergaard, who's coming off of uh, of an ass start of 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 his uh, uh, of his own right. So it's not the not the greatest uh, start, but. Um, or not the greatest of matchups, and then tomorrow, not much more exciting with your boy Michael Grove going. Uh, I know you're very, very excited to see Grover on the bump. Um, I don't know who he's facing. I'm trying to get to it, but they will be Grover. <laughs> Tyon <laughs> is. Oh, they have they have him. Oh man, I know everything about the Cubs. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway. Yeah, no, Justin Seals definitely had a really nice start this year. He's allowed just one run in 12 innings of work, a .75 ERA. Not a high velo guy. Kind of the key to the success is he's been really effective with that fastball. So hopefully the Dodgers go out there, score some runs tonight. But I think the big thing you're looking for is a big bounce back start from Noah Syndergaard. Because, yes. look, he said to the media after the game, first impressions are everything. Well, clearly second impressions aren't as important because in his second start against the Diamondbacks, I mean, he was getting rocked. I mean, he got 13 swinging strikes against the D-backs the first time, and then second time, just three swings and misses. They had 10 hard-hit balls in just four innings, with nine of them having exit velos over at least 98 miles per hour. So, yeah, he definitely struggled. Hit hard. And By a team that was feeling very, very fresh though, with them, them D-backs. They were feeling good about themselves. Yeah, no, they were. And I think, too, I mean, you're seeing it line up in such close proximity to each other. You kind of reading the picture. But still, yeah, he just didn't have it. A lot of Arizona, a lot of pitchers in his Arizona, sometimes they don't have the feel for that slider as well. So mm-hmm. that really was the kind of the big difference in his second start. You saw less slider. He wasn't doing anything really with his fastball as far as location. So the command was off. And, yeah, I mean, I think for our show at the beginning of the season, I said my biggest disappointment was going to be Noah Syndergaard, and not that he was going to be a bust or anything like that, but that he was going to get four miles per hour of velocity back, that he was going to be this all-star pitcher, but the Dodgers don't need him to be that. They need him to be a solid number four or number five starter, and that would be a win for Syndergaard. So I think he's a guy, too. He's a hard worker. He's going to get to the bottom of what went wrong, and I I see him having a nice bounce-back start tonight. I think in the friendly confines of Dodger Stadium, I think he's going to pitch much better. Well, every little kid grows up wanting to be a shortstop or a starter at Dodger Stadium. That's what I understand. That um, one makes the most sense, that, for being they, honest. Yeah, definitely. But uh, And then the series wraps on Sunday. Drew Smiley versus Julio Urias, the Urias. Um, so clearly the weak link of this series is, is Michael Grove and that number five starter. So there's your segue. I know you wanted to talk. Uh, number five starter, and really the rotation as a whole. Um, there's a clear need for this team to improve at the fifth starter spot. And yeah, it's still early, but we want to start. You got to start figuring out some things a little bit sooner. You don't want to always just um, be okay with a loss in the number five uh, spot. But more importantly, somebody who's going to be in there and burn through the bullpen, which Grove did not have. He was sick in the first one, and then he just got straight beat real bad in his last one so give me some grove thoughts give me some number five starter thoughts yeah i mean 
Exactly. He just did not have it in his last start. I mean, he was throwing BP out there for a few innings, got lit up like a Christmas tree, allowed 12 hits, nine earned runs in three and a thirds innings. Just did not have that command. And you're seeing that he's not effective with that curveball, and that's really an important pitch for him. For him to have some success and keep hitters off balance, he has to land that curveball. Mm -hmm. It's a 12 to 6 curveball down the zone. But hitters, they're tattooing him on that pitch so yeah i mean look at his era a 1475 era that's higher than cody bellinger on 420 and yeah just look if you look at his fastball too opponents are hitting 471 off his heater the curveball they're hitting 500 so yeah you have to he has to find a way to pound the zone fill up that zone with strikes and if just looking at the target i mean he's missing arm side missing glove side and i think look i mean Thor, he struggled in Arizona. Grove struggled in Arizona. We Kershaw. saw both Kershaw struggled in Arizona. We saw all three of those guys pitch well at Dodger Stadium. So, yeah, I'm hoping that he puts it together and has a nice bounce back start. But, yeah, after the game, I thought, I mean, it was a really interesting comment by Dave Roberts saying that when he talked about that fifth starter spot that to go to another guy that it's premature. And he said, he'll get the Cubs the next series and we'll go Got from it. there. Got so it. I think it's a very important start for Michael Grove because if he gets rocked again, I think you made the best point in that he doesn't have to go out there and pitch seven shutty or anything like that. Just eat innings, be serviceable and give this team a chance to win. And yeah. that would be considered a plus. But if things go awry, not very many options for the Dodgers. We had Tony Gonsolin and Ryan Pepio yeah, not expected to be back until early May at the very earliest. Yeah, and, and uh, people are going to mention Bobby Miller. We're not going to see B-Milled for a while. He's going to be a second half of the season type of dude because he's still not even pitching in minor league games yet. They still want to give, we talked about this already earlier this week, they still want to give Gavin Stone some more time. And then beyond that, it's just a bunch of random, you know, they're dudes. It's just Jags, just just a guy that they can throw in there. Um, Robbie Erlin is somebody that we saw last year, if some folks remember, and it's not the most exciting guy to see come up to uh, stabilize your your rotation. So the bad thing is, you know, Grove is the best we have right now. We, they, Bias. and that's also um, kind of good for him because he gets to really, you know, figure it out. I, I, I attribute a lot of his last start, man. There is something about Arizona. It, it's, it's kind of, you know, Colorado light. West. Yeah. yeah, it's Colorado light. Uh, and it's just, it, you know, the, the, for somebody who has a curveball of his caliber, um, when he's <laughs> able to strike it to not have the same break on it, 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 really changes his game but i mean also the arizona diamondbacks just were were coming at him with everything they had and uh they wanted it more i think even the, the diamondbacks said like this is the first time it looked at the dodgers you know kind of didn't know what to do um so until these guys until one of pepio or or gonsolin it's going to be gonsolin who gets healthy first um this is what the dodgers have yeah, I mean, they really don't have very many it's options. Not, it's not that bad. It's not it's that just... bad, but I mean, if they're the second turn to the rotation, they did not look that great. I mean, Dustin May, Julio Arias, they've looked fantastic. But the other three, they did not look the part. But like I said, they're going to have a bounce back start. But Michael Grove is the one that I'm the least confident in in the bunch because he's never proven that he can get it done at this level. And he said after the game, too, they barreled up the ball in a lot they barreled up the ball a lot, and they didn't go at anybody. So it's kind of the point I've been making this whole year as the Babbitt numbers, and they're not taking advantage of the restriction on the sh – they're, they're not benefiting from yeah. the shift as much as they were. So if you're putting the ball in play now, you are going to get burned. And I think the matchup against that Arizona team, that they're just trying to – 
put the ball in play, made contact, and good things were happening. So, yeah, I don't have very much confidence that he's going to really turn around and be some type of asset for this team. But if he can't, I think, look, one thing you do consider, you mentioned Robbie Erling, guys like that, guys that are on the 40-man. They're probably not going to bring him up at a DFA somewhere. They're probably not going to go that route. But, I mean, Andre Jackson, he's already up. I think if you look at his numbers. I was say, we have a comment in here about that. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Uhas says, why can't we give Jackson a shot? So There you go. Well, there's your answer here. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Coming up. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if you look at his ERA, you're like 426. Okay, but look at that FIP at 150, strikeout rate at 24%, a 0% walk percentage. And I think, too, I look at the it factor, and I look at someone who he needs his chance. And because, look, you remember when we were in spring training and we were leading up to that decision, it was, yeah, it was Pepio, then it was Grove. Then the last week, Doc started talking about Andre Jackson bit, and yeah. saying, hey, he could be an option as well. And also, too, if you're going to go three and a thirds innings, Andre Jackson, you go three and a thirds innings. So, yeah, I think that if he can't get it done and he can't be effective tonight, I think Andre Jackson definitely deserves an opportunity. I think if you look at the fastball that he has, 96. If you look at the changeup, that's going to play in the show. And look, this is a guy that I think has earned an opportunity with how he's embraced any role that they've thrown his mm -hmm. way. And like I said, he's got some it factor, too. I think he embraced this. So I would definitely like to see that as another option versus doing anything at the AAA level. You mentioned mentioned Bobby Miller still dealing with some shoulder issues. Yeah. Gavin Stone, two of his three starts, he has not looked great. He's dealing with some command issues. He's still figuring things out. It's still too early to bring him up. They eventually will. Both those guys will get yes. chances in the show this year, but we're not at that point yet. So, yeah, the pitching depth isn't quite there. And really just the reality of all this is they need Ryan Pepio. They need Tony Gonson to be back as soon as possible. So as long as they tread water right now, they're going to be okay. But, yeah, I'm going to Andre Jackson the first chance I get because I think that he can get it done the problem if you can't if groves terrible tonight. the problem to me with that is that the bullpen kind of needs andre jackson right. and i think he's somebody that uh we could see as be one of those being one of those sixth or seventh maybe even eighth inning guys by the end of the season really? because the velo is up uh he he can if he can spot it he's got that nasty change when he's landing it right i think he has he has the chance to have better you know, put away stuff, then I can't miss a bat bazooka. So there, I don't know. There's, there's just something I like. Wow. That's there's boy, something dog. I like about Andre Jackson. Hey, you know, K Paso bazooka is what I'm saying. <laughs> K Paso, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I, but I, I, I really I, like I, Andre I Jackson and I think they need him. And I agree with Kanda. I agree with, with uh, Noah's the one who sold me on this before the season. It's like the bullpen needs this dude because he's their length guy and he's also a guy who can save you two innings uh, uh, for or maybe even three innings at the end of a game and he can come in and try to shut down um you know an inning if he needs to it, he can do everything andre jackson right now because he's built up to kind of do a little bit of everything um yeah no i i agree with combined you combined with the struggles of of yancy too yeah i mean look i think it just that depends on how much faith you have in the guys that are currently in this bullpen, that they'll start pitching to their normal capabilities. Yeah, that that's, that's a big thing. Yancey will look like Yancey of last season. Evan Phillips, he had that angry bounce-back appearance with all the strikeouts. I mean, he was nasty once again. Alex Vesia had a nice appearance in the second game of the Giants series where you saw him working the corners better and not leaving stuff out over the plate. But they've always had that guy. I mean, you talk about guys like Andrew Heaney, some of these multi-inning long men out of the pen. Yes, there is a value in that. And look, there's no reason why he can't go back to that but I think there's also a world, too, where Andre Jackson give you four innings. I mean, he can give you four innings, give you yeah. five innings. 
almost Mitch White, almost like on a Mitch White level, but I think his stuff has better potential. I think from a pure stuff standpoint, everyone talks about the Gavin Stone, the Pepio changeup. Andre Jackson, don't forget, don't forget about Dre's changeup too. I mean, he has a really nice changeup himself. Nice. Yeah. Do you think there's anybody uh, that's, I mean, it's not going to be Corbin Burns level, but do you think there's any trade guys out there or maybe, uh, you know, Andrew Friedman's favorite, you know, the waiver wire, the free agent signing, do you think there's anything like that if, let's say, Grover doesn't put together a good start? Could so, you see a move? No, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was looking all over that. I was kind of exploring some potential names. It's funny the name we talked about in the offseason and Michael Waka. You know, waka, waka, waka. a guy like that kind of would make some sense of you just laying on the floor. <laughs> yeah, was, it's funny because you're talking about Grover, too. Waka, uh, waka. But uh, Same person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if there was a name out there, I think there could be a chance they would go after him, but not in this situation because I think they feel very confident about Pepio and Gonsolin coming back. And then also, too, I think when it comes to making a starting pitcher trade, they want to go bigger. And I think when they want to go bigger, they also want to see who has it this season. I'm looking at the White Sox, too. Some of those guys have gone off to slower starts, Giolito and Lance Lynn. Yeah. But I think if you look at the White Sox schedule, their next 19, 25 games, they definitely have a pretty tough schedule. So you got Tim Anderson out two to four weeks. So I'm looking for the White Sox to tank and then looking for maybe at them for a big package deal. I think the Brewers at this point, I mean, Adamas has looked great. They perform well. I think the Brewers, they're going to be contending until at the very least the trade deadline. So I don't think you're going to get an early trade done with the Brewers for Corbin Burns. And also, too, if you're the Brewers, you're probably not going to trade him when his stock is a little lower, I guess, because he's gone off to a slow start. So, yeah, yeah. I don't anticipate any big blockbuster trades right now. I think you're going to see a trade after Gonsolin comes back, and they're going to see, is Tony Gonsolin anything close to being the all-star Gonsolin? Is Ryan Pepio a guy that we can count on? So it's still early in the assessing progs the assessing stage at the moment. It's fair. It's fair. People don't want to hear that, though. You know, one team I really, really want to just be so bad is the White Sox because they have so many solid assets that you get them uh, in the hands of Mark Pryor and company, the, sprinkle a little Rob Hill and Connor McGinnis on them. I mean, imagine, and I've seen a few comments in here about it, so shout out Dave Luna talking about getting Lance Lynn in L.A. That would be fun. He's the type of dude that Dodger fans would just absolutely eat up. I love I Lance mean, Lynn. crap talker on the mound, yelling, Henry. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were this close to getting Lance Lynn in 2020 when he was on the Rangers. I yep. mean, we thought it was going to happen. But, yeah, Lance Lynn, so far this season, a 7-3-1 ELRA, a 7-14 FIP, a negative 2 F4, strikeouts at 28.8%. So, yeah, I mean, Lance Lynn's a guy, though. He's a dog, too. I mean, he's a guy in the playoffs. He takes his game to a whole nother level. Yeah. I think he would mix well with the veterans of this team. So, yeah, I'm Pretty definitely fun. looking at the White Sox, a natural trade partner. Done deals in the <laughs> past. That dog in yeah, that. He'll, be, he'll be my my new He'll replace Tyler Anderson yeah, yeah, as, sure. as the new Dodger dog of the game. And then he'll get taken out after six innings. And he would probably <laughs> actually snap Dave Dude, he would get the ball next. up here. Yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where did I see another one? There was a, there was a, oh, somebody asked, where is it? Uh, DKM asking, uh, well, one, he just wants you to, 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 to dance and say Tim Anderson. So Tim Anderson. There he is. But... <laughs> Hey, listen. No, is that your go-to move? I'm tapping. Like, oh, you were tapping. I thought you were doing hug. the running man or something. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Tim hey, Anderson. Hey, hey. Alana Rizzo shot down my Tim Anderson dream. Said he Shout out, Alana Rizzo. Uh, once again, joining Dodgers Nation, hanging out with us. You got a couple more interviews, uh, parts of the interview coming out. but You got that Rizzo. Shutting down the Tim Andersons. You said she said 
he would not be a good fit, right? She said that, yeah. I mean, she didn't think that he would be a great fit, but I disagree. I think that he would be a good fit. Baseball I think this team that plays he, adequately. Yeah, I mean, seems look, like it works. Yeah, I think the Tim Anderson right now. I mean, if you look at his bat, he's slightly above average. But this team, I think they're going to need that dimension of a true bat to balls guy in the top of that lineup because you got a lot of slug in the top of that lineup. I think Mookie Betts. I don't know about you guys, but you guys know Mookie Betts is my fair player on this team. I might ride with Mookie Betts, but the reality is that the speed is not a part of his game at this point. The Dodgers, they're not embracing stealing, and they're getting caught when they are stealing, So, yeah. and they're getting stolen against. So, yeah, that's not going to be a part of that game. So I think if it's in the cards to go out there and get it, Tim Anderson, who you're going to have to give some pretty nice prospects, but you could get that deal done without having to part ways with the Bobby Millers or even the Diego Cartayas. Maybe if you package one of their pitchers, if he's pitching well, even to go that route, the prospect cost would be a little higher. But I definitely think he's a guy that could be on the table. I'm telling you, man, I watch White Sox games like Dodger games now, just rooting for them to lose. I'm manifesting just L's on L's. We got a scout Doug over yeah, here. No, my team is the Dodgers and whoever is playing the Chicago White Sox. Before we get out of here, let's get uh, a key to this Dodgers-Cubs series. I'm going to lead it off just because I wanted to talk about this guy we did a little bit earlier. I planned on getting back to him before too long, but we got to talk about Christopher Armand Taylor who is not, as they say, doing hot so far to start the season. Under 100, as of the time we are live, he's batting under 100. Um, I, I will just throw words at you and let you talk about things um, related to it. But I guess I'm going to sum it up this way. Is Chris Taylor a bust? I think it's still too early because we're in the second year. 2022. We're yeah, the second year of a four-year okay. contract. I mean, as far as I mean, what I look at when it comes to Chris Taylor is if you compare him to Ben Zobrist, I mean, he's not close to being as productive as he was his first year. He was a well above average bat. Second year, he kind of fell off. I think with CT3, he just continues to struggle with the same problems. I mean, a 40.5% strikeout rate, right? I mean, yeah. that is the highest for hitters with a minimum of 30 appearances. His 13th WRC plus is the 15th worst in the league. He's a minus three F4. Now, his BABIP is extremely low, a 0.59 BABIP. So, Anytime he's putting the ball in play, it's not going as a hit. So he has had some bad luck. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at the start of last season up until now, his 35.6% strikeout rate is the highest in all of Major League Baseball for players with a minimum of 450 plate appearances. So, yeah, I mean, I looked at that game. I mean, I was watching the game the other day on Tuesday or month Tuesday and I was screaming at the television to pinch hit for Chris Taylor because yeah I mean he's yeah, just not getting his bat on the ball the load the mechanics I mean too much boomer bust is is it and Dave mentioned he was gonna pinch hit for him he thought he really honestly yeah. had his finger on the trigger to to pinch hit for him in that in that case and you had Max Muncie a shine coming off a shiny two homer four RBI game um is it mechanical is it mental is it feels like it's everything yeah i think he's such a streaky player that i mean tonight he could hit a home run hit a double and then go on a run and then middle of the summer have another really yeah. bad because i mean think about him it's a lot of timing and a lot of rhythm and when his timing is off he really struggles and also yeah. too though i mean he's chasing too i mean you see him chasing, swinging and yeah. missing at sliders down in the, the zone change-ups so yeah that's where the mess it does feel like his load too it's it's very he's kind of slow into his load you're seeing that i mean by the time he's you know the pitch is almost there it feels like he's just so late on everything and when you talk about the mental component of it too 
swing and miss. He had changeups down the zone and then not being able to catch up with heat in the zone. Mm -hmm. He's just really going through it right now. I mean, Cody Bellinger's bottom, his lowest low wasn't as bad as CT3 this, at the moment. But yeah. guess what? You have the the powers. You can work your magic on him, Clint. I mean, just say it. Say four home runs for CT3. I mean, do you want to fix him? It's up to you. I, mean, I think I think it's worth trying to fix him, and I and I think uh, the Cubs are a good team. Cubs at Dodger Stadium. It's a good time to 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 break out for uh, for Chris Taylor. Uh, so I decided to put the powers to the ultimate test. And I'm going to call a breakout series for CT3 against the Cubbies. I'm just, I, I decided I was feeling it. And then once I typed it into the, the script here at Nora Run, a show, I was like, you know what? That feels right. I think we can see. And I don't know if it's going to be a bunch of long bombas, uh, but just at this point, like, like a two hit game would be a breakout series for Chris Taylor because it is. Uh, he can't get much lower than he's at right now. So he needs anything to help him out. But I, I think it's going to be better than that. I think we're going to have a, a, a few hits over the streak of the series. I don't know how many games he's going to start, but I'm feeling froggy about CT3 because why not? So there it is. Yeah, if I was David Ross of the Chicago Cubs and I heard you say that, I would intentionally walk Chris Taylor four or five times. <laughs> I would give him the Barry Bonds treatment because your power has been unmatched this season. What you did for Max Muncy's career, he owes you a lot. I expect you to be in one of his speeches at the end of his career. But hey, yeah, I mean, hey, I, you I would made, love to I see that. I made Cody Bellinger's MVP season happen. I'm just saying. There was that for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, th the thing with Chris Taylor is he's a guy too. He rides on the success of each and every at bat. And I could see him getting a nice base hit. But I think that for him is when even Max Muncy mentioned it. When he went to that step back, the first game, he finished like one for four with a yeah. single. But every time he got his bat on the ball, it was a low, hard hit line drive. And that's what you want to look for when yeah, it comes to Chris Taylor. Ball. Is he getting hard contact? Is he trying to hit for a slug? Because he's such a strong guy. And with the way his swing is set up, if he gets his bat on the ball, good things are going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's just been on the wrong side of bad luck this season. <laughs> Another thing I, I feel really working against CT is this pitch clock. Oh, you yeah. know, we talk about it effing with the pitchers, somebody like an Alex Vesia looking uncomfortable um, on the mound. You know, CT is the guy. He was, I think he got the first pitch clock infraction yep. for the Dodgers in spring training. He mentioned that it feels really quick, and I don't know if he's, if he's adjusted to that so far yet. Yeah, I think definitely it's something that he even mentioned. I mean, it's irritated it, him. It's, it's a lot of setup for him and movements and bat wiggles and the, the whole thing. So yeah, no, it's yeah. very on a it's, it's on like a extremely lighter scale of Nomar Garcia Par as far as getting in sync with all of his movements and kind of the leg and kind of the bat at the last second yeah. and this and that. But kind of going back to your <laughs> question about is he a bust? I mean, there's a guy that. Andrew Friedman spoke so glowingly of him as he's essential and he's such a unique player in that he can play so many different positions at a at least league average level. Of course, I call yeah. him the Chris Army Knife, but still, if you look at his numbers, I mean, last season, even on a down year, he finished with an 87 OPS plus, so a below average season. This year, a 12 OPS plus. If we're talking about year two <laughs> of a four-year $60 million contract and he's a below average bat, yeah, I think maybe you start talking the B word. Is he a bust? But I still think we're too early in it to talk about Chris Taylor being a bust. I still think there's a lot of time for him to turn things around. And yeah, a lot of his value is just having that flexibility. I mean, you look at Miguel Rojas going down with an injury, you can plug him in to third base. We know he can play in the outfield, but at some point, if he's an automatic out out there, it's definitely going to hurt this team, especially in the bottom of that lineup.
Yeah, uh, let's hope the powers work because I don't know oh, how. Oh, well, I mean, it's and over. it's gonna be really, really painful and uncomfortable if, like, you you can't have him on the roster for all eternity just because he, he has this contract. No, so no, it's not going to be like this. It's not gonna end for CT. And as we're in the seasons of very early overreactions, this isn't the end of the Chris Taylor story at all. No, he's I going to figure it out. He's going to piece something together like you said he is streaky he's just on the wrong end of the streak to open the season but something's gonna happen something's gonna click and that's why i like doing these friday shows because now we can instantly get back into it on monday because look let's not forget but on monday's show everybody wanted max muncie traded they wanted him to be with trevor bauer on the yokohama bay stars okay and now it's all changed you're talking about him being all-star being mvp i mean uh -huh. the same thing with chris taylor people want to trade him for a bag of chips and some used rollerblades and a subway <laughs> gift card something like that but the reality is he doesn't have to be a big plus bat to provide value it's just as long as he's getting the occasional extra base hit as long as he's doing a lot of little things for this team yeah. he is big and he does a lot of things kind of kind of fill in the cracks on the defensive side yeah you just got to do what a good number seven hitter does and hit because that's what you're supposed to do anytime you're in the lineup anywhere is hit the baseball hey in this world a hey, baseball is a individual game within here? a team sport so at the end of the day you are your numbers right and his numbers are really bad at the moment i'm not going to go out there and call him swing and miss chris or chris kaler spell with two k's or anything like that but he'll tell us that here for sure yeah but <laughs> i wish him i i think like you said i mean you have nice the power kid. of clint behind him which is that's better than like balco level steroids i mean <laughs> that is what that does to players careers it's he's going to be just fine he can thank mr pasillas absolutely and if it doesn't work out, I hope we start to see more Jason Hayward in here because I think he's kind of getting pigeonholed and, and, and not getting enough playing time that he needs to be getting because, dude, dude's gotten off to a nice start. I want to see him um, I want to see him smoking the ball. Yeah, I want to see him getting, getting a couple games against the Cubs. So all of the Cubs money is on the field there. No, I mean, he's hammering balls, man. Just, no. Anyway, uh, that's about it, guys. That. That's the end of uh, our Friday show uh. before things go too crazy off the rails. But don't worry, Doug. We'll keep talking after the show. So stay tuned for that. Discord, we don't have that. But, guys, find us on the internet, DodgersNation.com. Subscribe to Blue Heaven. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We're on all your spots that do the podcast things. So go there check it out and do find us and subscribe and do all the follow things on youtube youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv hit the bell leave a like leave a comment these are all things that help us get more views on the youtube so doug can buy more polos that's a very important thing for doug i need him i am real frg on twitter and instagram that guy is dmac underscore uh, la on instagram Follow Noah, follow Cody, follow your heart to Dodger Stadium. Okay, bye guys. Bye. I told I was told I say bye bye. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.